Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to my very best friend in the whole entire world, Michelle. Now, if you've read my book, The Lipstick Gospel, you might be wondering, is this the Michelle? And it totally is, you guys. Michelle has been my best friend since we were eight years old. And honestly, she knows way too many ridiculous, embarrassing, even potentially incriminating things about me for me to have invited her onto the podcast, but she's only shared a few of them, so I think I'm safe. But really, you guys are going to love her. She's hilarious and warm and wise and just has this way of coming alongside you in life that makes the journey so much easier and more fun. She's done that for me for 20 years now, and I am so excited that she gets to do that for you today, too. In our conversation today, we're going to be talking about breakups, how to survive them, and even how to thrive. Michelle and I have both been through our fair share of breakups, probably more than our fair share, I think, and we've learned so much along the way. What to do, what not to do, what helps, what doesn't, things that comforted us, things that helped us get over it, and best of all, we're going to be talking about God's redemption in all of this, how he's able to transform these broken pieces of our lives into something positively beautiful. He's done that in our lives, and we know he wants to do that in yours, too. One thing I wanted to say before we jump in, though, is that I know that lots of y'all have been through really hard breakups, but I also know that some of you may have broken hearts in different ways. Maybe you just lost a job or had a falling out with a friend. Maybe you're mourning the death of a dream or even a loved one. Well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about breakups from relationships, but these ideas and these principles apply to so many different types of broken hearts. And so regardless of what you're going through right now, I'm so, so glad you're here. My prayer is that this conversation brings you so much comfort as you know that you're not alone in what you're going through, and peace as you're reminded that you will make it through this, and hope as you get to see that God never leaves things broken for long. But before we get into all of that, there's something I wanted to make sure to share with you. So I mentioned that I talk about Michelle a lot in my book, The Lipstick Gospel, and I really do. The Lipstick Gospel is the story of the worst breakup I've ever been through and how God put my heart back together from it. It's a travel memoir, a story of transformation and hope. And if you're going through a breakup right now, or if you could use some encouragement in your faith, or if you want to get closer to God but don't know how, or if you're struggling to say yes to the plans God has for your lives, or I don't know, a million other things, um, I would just really love to share this book with you. You can either download a copy of the book for free, free books, so fun, right? Or if you're a paperback gal like me, we have those too. You can pick them both up in my shop. It's Esme Wilson shop.com or through the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at Esme Wilson over on Instagram. The other thing is, if you've already read the Lipstick Gospel, which I know lots of you have, um, I really wanted to make sure to tell you that we have two new books to go along with it. Earlier this summer, I came out with a Lipstick Gospel prayer journal and a Lipstick Gospel devotional. They're tools and resources to help you walk towards a more fulfilling relationship with God, with your life, and with yourself, and you can find those in the shop as well. Okay, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Michelle. Guys, I... I feel like I can't even find the words to tell you how excited I am for what we have going on today. Um, you guys are about to get to meet my best friend in the whole world, my very best friend. Um, so, uh, gosh, I'm so excited. Um, okay, so today I have my very best friend here on the podcast, um, Michelle. And if you're wondering, is this lipstick gospel, Michelle? Is this the Michelle you cannot stop talking about, Stephanie? Yes, this is the <laughs> Michelle. And it's so exciting because I talk about you all the time and, and you've inspired so many of the things I've written and, and you've had such a big impact on my life and I get to talk about that a lot. Um, but 
Mish, like they haven't gotten to meet you yet. And so today's a really big day. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, So, okay. Can you just, to kick this off, introduce yourself to us? Like, who are you? What do you do? Where do you live? Maybe a fun fact. I want to see if you came up with a fun fact and what it is. Okay. (laughs) So yes, my name is Michelle. Um, I've known Stephanie since we were 12. We eight. No, wait, eight, eight. Whoa. Sorry. Yeah. We have some math problems Um, around here. We were in a, we went to a gifted and talented riding camp. We did. I think our parents uh, just shipped us off on like fall break. Like here. I think so. Well, actually, this. I think that I was the nerdy kid that like asked if I could go to the riding camp on fall break. I, you know what? I think <laughs> you might be right. I think that we were willing participants in this. Oh yeah. I think that break. I was like stoked to go to school on fall break. Yeah. Like our school district had like some like extracurricular fall break writing workshop that Steph and I met at when we were both eight. <laughs> so crazy. So crazy. Um, so that, so that means we've technically known each other for 20 years now because we're actually more than 20 years cause we're 29. Yeah. Now. Um, so yeah, uh, my name is Michelle. I live in Denver, Colorado, um, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love. Um, I am an immigration paralegal, so I work at a law office where we help people get, uh, visas and green cards and work permits. Um, so I spend all day talking to people, um, from all over the world and helping them get into the United States legally. Um, I am married to a wonderful man named Alan, who is great. He's a brewer. Uh, so so we love beer. Uh, we love beer and we love music and yeah, my biggest hobby is music. I go to shows, all listen the all, the time. all the time. Um, but yeah, one of my biggest passions and my fun fact, which I thought about, cause you told me you were going to ask me this yeah. and I have two. Is that okay? Yeah, you can have two. You can do whatever you want. You're my best so, friend. You can do number one, um, I have shook two presidents hands, two separate presidents hands. Not the same did president, you know that? two hands. Uh, I think I did know that, but remind me which ones. So I was in a children's choir growing up, um, and it was a touring children's choir. <laughs> and uh, we, we, you know, we did shows and stuff. Like, we performed the symphony and, like, blah, blah, blah. And one, being in Colorado, there's a lot of, like, mountain towns where, like, old retired presidents live and we'd like go to their house and like sing at their nonprofit event or whatever. So I've shook Gerald Ford's hand and I've shook Jimmy Carter's hand. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's your second fun fact? Uh, the second, wait, sorry. What were you going to say something? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to add a fun fact. You guys, this could okay. go totally off the rails. I, I was talking okay, to Carl earlier fine. today. I was like, Michelle and I have never talked and had our conversation recorded. So we, I maybe apologize for whatever's about to happen, but I have a fun fact about you after you okay. do this. So what's your, oh, my fun next fact? fun fact. Yeah. So my next fun fact, um, is that I met my husband in Spain, yes, you did. um, when all, which we'll get into, but, uh, you know, a lot of our friends, uh, got married a few years after college and I was kind of flipping out cause I was still single and had this opportunity to live abroad for a year. And I thought that like living abroad would only like postpone my ability to meet a man. And then I was like, you know what, whatever. Spain's awesome. I don't need to meet a dude, whatever. And then I went to Spain and I ended up meeting Alan there, uh, which I would have never, ever, ever, ever anticipated happening. Um, yeah. So it's funny though. I mean, he's American. (laughs) I'd be like a Spanish dude in Spain, but nope. I choked out like the one American guy. (laughs) And you know, what's funny is I tell that story all the time because I think that we all have this idea that we 
if we go and, and chase our dreams or trap, like pursue passions or something, especially if they take us away from home, mm-hmm. I think we all have this idea that we're postponing meeting our person, whoever our person is. I thought the same thing with about, about, about going on the world race. I was like, my husband clearly lives in Denver, Colorado, because that's where I live. So if I leave Denver, Colorado in my mid twenties, when you're like in your prime husband finding years or whatever, <laughs> like I thought that I would totally miss out on meeting him. And it's funny because like you thought the same thing. And I have so many other friends that thought the same thing. And in the process of pursuing that passion or whatever, like I met Carl because of the world race, you met Alan in Spain. It's, I think that when we are pursuing our passions, we meet really awesome people and that's just yep. really cool. Cause a lot of the time they're pursuing similar passions and totally. you just end up like doing the same things. Uh, so you think that you're like this like singular person, but you end up like running into people that, you know, align with your heart and what's important to you. And so, yeah, no, I love that. Amen. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to do one more fun fact. Um, okay. just, I don't know. Now I don't know if it's funny, but about meeting presidents, I was picturing you being in Washington, D.C., and oh. one fun fact about Michelle is that when she was in Washington, D.C., in this <laughs> children's choir, she had this question about, like, it was one of those things where it was like, they had the, like, a built-in breakfast at the hotel, and one of the things was, like, so Michelle had always wondered, why do you only get two pieces of bacon? When, when you get... <laughs> Like when you go to a diner, you go to IHOP, like, why do they only give you two pieces of bacon? I spent my entire childhood wondering why I couldn't have more bacon. So then you get to a buffet and what happened? Uh, so I'm 12 (laughs) and I'm like, oh man, it's a buffet. I can eat as much bacon as I want. So I probably like easily put 15 pieces of bacon on a plate by itself and just like thought it was like popcorn and just ate it all as a 12 year old. And it's funny because, uh, I got incredibly sick, like so sick and people always ask me if I've been to DC, which technically is true, but I like never left the hotel room and because of my uh, bacon poisoning. Oh yeah. I, I could, as an adult, I don't even want to think about how many, how much fat I consumed. <laughs> like, and now I'm like, Oh, that's why they don't give you more than one piece <laughs> or two pieces of bacon because like it's a large, Oh, you know, machine. I don't even know. It's just like full of fat. And, uh, I feel like yep, we solved so. the, we solved a mystery for people today. Like, if yeah, you if you're ever wondering anything. what it's like to eat 15 pieces of bacon, I can tell you it's not good. It's not <laughs> as good as you think it's going to be. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, so we could just hang out forever. Um, which yes. let's do that. Um, but Okay, so the reason I'm really excited to have Michelle here today is because um, my heart for this space is that it feels like, you know, a girl's night at your best friend's house. We're just navigating life and we're doing it together. Um, And Michelle, you and I, I feel like, learned how to do that together, learned how to, like, be best friends, learned how to walk through life together, learned how to cheer each other on and support each other and pick each other up. Like, sometimes, you know, literally, like, we've we've picked each other up um, from some really, really hard um, situations in life. And so that's my heart for this space is just for, for all of the awesome women in our community to know that they're not alone in what they're going through. And for us to just get to walk with them, um, through this season to just encourage them and and let them know that they're okay. And they're going to be okay. And to just share what we've learned along the way, because Mm -hmm. I think that like that kind of best friend wisdom, like I've been there and here's what worked for me is so powerful. And I know it's been in my life and I know in yours too. And so today I'm really excited um, for us to get to talk about something that I know a lot of the women in our community have experienced or are currently experiencing, um, and that's heartbreak. That's breakups. Um, and I'm, 
I feel like it's weird for me to keep saying like, I'm excited to have you here because of this, but I know that that's something you and I have both really walked through. Um, we've both been through like our total fair share of breakups, maybe more than our fair share of breakups. <laughs> yeah. um, and the cool thing is that we've walked through them together. And so we're going yep. to really talk about this from a really, like Michelle has been there every time my heart's gotten broken um, and vice versa. Yep. Amen. So, um, so I'm really excited to talk about this today. Just, and my hope is that you guys, if, if your heart is hurting for any reason that you guys walk away feeling like you're not alone, you're not crazy for feeling the way that you're feeling with just some like, um, tools kind of in your pocket to make this season a little bit easier and with just hope for the future, um, about what this can look like. And so we're going to talk about breakups, but, um, I wanted to kind of say as like a little caveat in the beginning, um, if you are not, going through a breakup right now, if your heart isn't broken for that reason, your heart might be broken for other reasons. Um, mm-hmm. I know that we, um, our, our hearts get broken for lots of reasons, losing someone we love, um, you know, the loss of a dream, the loss of a future plan. Um, Michelle and I both also totally know what it's like to lose jobs like really yeah. suddenly. And so, um, I think that feels like a total heartbreak. Um, and so, so my hope is that if your heart is hurting for any reason that this is helpful, we're going to talk about like the ending of romantic relationships, but totally feel free to apply this to whatever, um, whatever you're going through right now. Amen. Um, so Mish, can you tell us, um, tell us a little bit about breakups in your life? Um, I sort of left this open to you again. It's kind of hard. It's funny because Michelle and I've never like recorded our conversations and also <laughs> we know so much about each other's life. And so I want to kind of leave it open to you. Um, just tell us, tell us some Tell us the story of some breakups in your life and what that's looked like. Okay. So, um, I'm, like I said, 29. I think I, um, I had my first breakup, uh, when I was 17 or 18, uh, with a high school boyfriend that I dated. Um, and I think, you know, we're older and wiser now, but I think your first heartbreak, a romantic heartbreak is always the hardest, whether you're like 16 or 28 or 35 or whatever. I, I think nothing really like prepares you for that kind of feeling. Cause you kind of, especially your first relationship, you kind of run in with this reckless abandon. You don't actually think that anything wrong could happen. Um, you know, when I think about entering the relationship with my husband and, and even you Steph with Carl, like we had so much more kind of caution and I don't want to say hesitation. Cause it was a good, I think we both like entered really good, healthy relationships, but we didn't just like have this crazy 16 year old mania. (laughs) No, totally. I think, yeah, I completely agree. Um, and so I think the thing that was really hard about my first breakup was, you know, it's like your, your first boyfriend's your best friend. Um, and I think in high school too, because you're in such a contained environment, like you have all the same friends and you have all the same, um, activities and, and life gets into this rhythm. And then when you break up, it's like everything changes Mm -hmm. and your friend group changes and, and the places you want to go change. And, you know, you still have to go to school and you have to see them. And, um, and I just remember like, that was just so hard for me. Um, I think the thing that made it even harder was because I felt like our friend group was completely transformed. Um, and, you know, uh, the unfortunate thing was, you know, he ended the relationship and was in probably a better place than I was. And in that situation, it's easier to be friends with the one who's OK. <laughs> and so I felt really like isolated from a lot of my friends in high school. Um, so the combination of being like an angsty teenager uh, 
who did not practice good emotional or physical boundaries um, and then losing friends and then being a senior in high school. Like that was just so hard for me. Like, I think I probably would have gotten over it a little sooner if it was like someone that I didn't have to see all the time or be reminded of all the time. Um, but I just remember just being incredibly depressed and really lost and, um, you know, just had to like really deal with a lot of changes. And I think the other thing was, um, it really brought up a lot of stuff in me that I probably should have been dealing with, you know, up in my whole life up to that point. And, um, I just felt really out of control and, um, you know, it took a while to get, to get better. Um, and I think, the other thing that's hard about first breakups is like, you don't realize because you haven't gone through it that like you can get out of it. So it just feels like, Oh my gosh, my life is always going to be like this. Like I'm always going to be sad. I'm always going to be like isolated and, um, depressed. Uh, but you know, it got better. And, um, I think the thing that was especially hard for me, uh, was, you know, um, then, you know, that was senior year of high school and I ended up going to college and my high school ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend actually ended up going to the college that I went to and joining the college ministry that I was in. And so it was kind of this like constant. And I also, for the most part, was like single in college for the most part. Like I was single. Um, it wasn't until I like got out of college that I really started dating a lot more. And so, um, you know, I was total girls, girl, total sorority girl, just like hung out with my chicks and, but was always kind of reminded that like, I was the one that didn't get someone new or get a boyfriend or, or whatever. And you so had that was to kind see of them all the time. I had to see them pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, which again, I think so much of like the residual pain was just the fact that like, it didn't just like disappear. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a thing, uh, for me personally. Um, uh, but then, but you know, through that, um, I didn't, I didn't become a Christian until college. Um, and so through that breakup, when I look back at that breakup, I just think of like being like having no idea who my identity was not really, I mean, I like being a teenager is so difficult <laughs> and it's just a lot of like growing and stretching and, and growing pains. And, um, but you know, I got to college and a friend of mine like introduced me to Jesus. And I, I found, I accepted Jesus at that college ministry, uh, because of an invitation that I got from a friend to go. Um, and so, you know, um, really embracing Jesus, like really helped me out in that situation and, and, in all of my, in the whole, like, um, lost region that I was in at that time of kind of like finding my identity in Christ and finding my identity and like, in following him and, and, um, and, you know, embracing what he calls us to do. So that was really helpful. And then, um, but then I, uh, later in college actually got another boyfriend, uh, college boyfriend who, you know, I think the funny thing about these two breakups is like one, I was 16, you know, reckless, angsty <laughs> Michelle in high school with like my emo 
shoes and my, my studded belt and my really had emo shoes and studded belt. And you guys, I'll tell you, that's never been my scene in my life. And like, I'm the worst music friend for Michelle. Like at some point I just was like, you need to find some other friends for this. Cause I cannot relate. But for a while I wore like a trucker hat and like skater shoes and like a studded belt. And like I crowd surfed at concerts and I was in mosh pits and stuff, mostly just to be around Michelle and be a good friend and hang out with her. But like, I always was, I never fit in ever. I was like famous for being like who's this band again what do they sing I don't know any of the words I'd like read them ahead of the ahead of time for the concert anyway yeah oh yeah and that like scene was so like good and bad for me at the time because it was almost cool to be like so sad and like your life is so hard and like you know so I don't know if it was like necessarily good or bad and I listen back to that music now and I'm like oh my gosh they're so whiny like (laughs) (laughs) okay Um, so, so the uh college relationship how was that different So the college relationship was different because, um, because I was like, you know, I had four years of really growing in my faith. Um, cause again, this was senior year of college. And so by this time, you know, I was really like, I was, I would say really rooted in, in my faith in Jesus. And, you know, I was like, so such a prayer warrior. And like, I always thought that my spiritual gift was prayer because I just like, could see God moving in big ways through prayer. And like, I was also on staff at a church at that time and, and leading a Bible study. So like, you would think like, okay, like this girl's like got it together. Like she has her feet under her and that's very much how it felt. And then when I entered the relationship, you know, it was also like, we were very like healthy and had good boundaries and, um, you know, and he was a Christian. He was like, his dad was a pastor. Like, I don't know. It was like, I hit the jackpot, you know, like the Christian lottery or whatever. Um, and that relationship ended. I mean, he broke up with me. And, um, I think the big difference was like, the big difference was I was in a much better place with my faith, but I, in terms of, I could, I had hope in it. And, um, you know, I trusted God's plan, especially because I had so much time in prayer. Like I really trusted God. But with that being said, it was still so hard. Like, I just remember being so sad and like, it took me maybe a year to get over that relationship, just being so sad. Um, but the good thing was number one, um, I had, you know, and this had so much, so, so let me loop you in Steph. So, so when this college boyfriend broke up with me, Steph was basically there (laughs) cause he broke up with me in a Facebook message. (laughs) No, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I remember the phone call, but I forgot about the face. What? <laughs> this is like, we're talking almost 10 years ago now, but he broke up with me in a Facebook message, which now I'm kind of like, at the time I was like Facebook message. Oh yeah. He also broke up with me on April fool's day, which, which was very confusing, which was confusing because a lot of people didn't believe that we had actually broken up, but no, we really had broken up. Oh my gosh. Um, and you, but, so you guys talked on the phone after the Facebook message and I yes. was there. I was, yes. we were in we were the like car literally together sitting next to me. Cause we were like, I was in a car like inconsolable. I was so upset. Yeah. And Stephanie, I think I had called her like as soon as I got the Facebook message, it was like, you need to come over now. And then that, and then when she came over, we ended up talking on the phone and like, um, I also remember Steph. Whoa. I also remember during again, 10 years ago, but I remember like being so upset and like feeling this need to like throw words at him to like make him really hurt. 
mm-hmm. for breaking up with me. Yeah. And I'll never forget you looking at me and just saying, like mouthing, stop and hang up the phone. Oh, I don't remember that. that. That's it, which was like totally what I needed. Cause I think sometimes, um, when you're being hurt by someone, your first reaction is to just like tear them apart because you know them so well to like really know what can just like get them. And I think you saw that I was going down that road and like, you just were like, okay, stop. And I did. This is so, um, I don't know. I have so many feelings right now. I could <laughs> I have so many feelings right now. thinking back to all these things. Um, so I want to kind of stop here because I want to go into some of the things that like didn't help and some of the things that did. Um, you guys know, um, if you've read the lipstick gospel, you guys know the story of my worst breakup. Um, and I got to be there for Michelle in this one, but Michelle also <laughs> got to be there for me in all of mine. Um, but mm-hmm. you really, if, if, if you read the lipstick gospel, um, which if you haven't, let's get you a copy. But, um, <laughs> if, if you read it, you, Michelle was able to do the exact same thing for me. Like I called her and was like, listen, you need to come over. And she did. And I mean, I like, I remember you crawling into bed with me and just being like, okay, let's talk about it. Um, you, I mean, you quite literally like picked me up off the floor after so many breakups. But, um, I, I think that, um, breakups are so, many things all in one. Like they're so hard for so many reasons. Um, and I really, I like how you touched on those because I think that's really important that it's not just, I think it's really tempting for us to downplay how hard breakups are, um, to say like, well, I mean, so like it was just a boyfriend or whatever, or to like Mm -hmm. think that there's something wrong with us for really hurting. But like, like you said, it took you a year to get over the college one. It took a long time to get over the high school one. And that's how it was for me too. Both with, I had a big high school, big high school relationship. Um, my senior also, I think we probably broke up. Like, I guess we broke up kind of in the summer between high school and college, but I mean, that was brutal. And like you said, with first loves, you're not sure you're going to survive because you're hurting so bad. It's like you hurt in your fingers. Like, I mean, it's, it radiates everywhere and, um, and it seeps into all corners of your life. I mean, it just is so brutal. And in the first one, you don't know you're going to survive. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking in the second one, um, I remember, so there was this moment, um, and it was right after the relationship was like completely done. And I ran up to my room and I flopped down on my bed and I looked up the ceiling and I remember having two thoughts. One was I will survive this. I know I will survive this. I'm not sure how, but I've been, I've been down this road before and, and having that kind of in my back pocket, I knew I was going to survive it. And I knew at some point I'd feel better. Um, Mm -hmm. the second, well, it's interesting. I mean, again, not to interrupt you, sorry. Um, but you know, we, when one of the most helpful things that I carry to this day is the fact when you came over, when my high school, sorry, when my college relationship ended and I was so upset and like had gotten off the phone with him and was just like a puddle of emotion. And I just remember you like holding my hands and looking me in my, in my eyes and saying, it's hard to believe this, but you need to know that one day you will not feel like this anymore. Hmm. And it's so true. And like, I think that's like, you know, I didn't, that was kind of what I needed to know is like, and honestly, kind of what you touched on earlier stuff with like heartbreak in general. I mean, you and I have both had a lot of other things going on in our life that have been heartbreaking. Like we've had family members die, family members get, um, have health issues, losing jobs and stuff. And even just that, like kind of knowing, okay, I can be in complete despair. And I know that at some point I will heal from this. Yes. 
I think that's so important. And I feel like if, if, if y'all listening, walk away with anything like that's, I think that's probably what we would hope you walk away with is that how you're feeling right now, you won't always feel this way. Like this will get better. Um, and and I think the other thing that's like, that's good to know too, with that being said, and again, with any kind of despair that you're feeling is the only thing that can heal it is time. The only thing like putting one foot in front of the other and just like living because there's not really a lot you can do to super speed up the process. I mean, you can give tips of like what's healthy and like what you should, you know, every day do to like feel better. But at some point, the only way through it is through it. Totally. I completely agree. And like, so I do want to talk about a couple of things that help either like helped and hurt in the process Mm -hmm. as we were kind of getting through it. And then, um, I really want to talk about, um, so my, my hope is to give like just a couple tools for surviving this, but then Misha, I want to talk about how we've thrived through this because Mm -hmm. these breakups, I mean, the worst I've ever hurt. Like, I mean, absolutely. Like they just, because it's attached to your identity. It's like you said, it's attached to your friend group. Like when I, when my, I I always call my lipstick gospel boyfriend because it's easy. Um, But when my (laughs) lipstick gospel boyfriend and I broke up, like, I mean, I lost my friend group completely changed. Like there was nowhere in the city that I could go without being reminded of him. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, so many, exactly like you said, um, so many parts of my life, I was so deeply lost and insecure and unsure. And I had, I felt like my future was like erased. I mean, there were so many things. So it's breakups are hard because they radiate into all these other parts of our lives. They're just not concentrated. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know that you and I have really been able to not only survive them, but but thrive. And that I know we would both say, one, we wouldn't undo those breakups. Like, we wouldn't nope. wish them away. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen my husband? <laughs> Sorry. Seriously? No, seriously, we're going to talk about that. So, but before, we, before we get there, um, I want to talk about, like, just some things that help and some things that didn't like in the aftermath. Cause yes, like time getting like the only way to get through it is time. But there are some things that I think make like prolong the process and some things that I think make the process like more, not quicker necessarily, but like more efficient. And so for me, I can kind of take one for the team here and say, I did some things really wrong. Um, in, in, both breakups, but primarily my college one, I felt like I had more like vices at my disposal in college than I did in high school. Like in high school, I, I don't know what, like I didn't really get in very much trouble in high school, but I definitely did a lot more in college. Um, and so I made a lot of mistakes in the aftermath. And, um, so I feel like a couple of things that really didn't help one drinking, I think that there's sort of this like cultural thing where it's like, you get dumped, you go out and get drunk. And I did that for like possibly a year really like did that for a really long time. And just, I was trying to run from my pain and I was trying to feel better. I was trying to, um, kind of get back out there, you know, to like, I don't know. Yeah. Get through it and like numb how hurt I was, but it was never one, like drinking yourself stupid is never like never adds anything good to your life. Um, two, it brought out all of my emotion. And so there are so many instances I can think of where I would be in public out with my friends trying to have a good time and I would drink too much and I would end up crying and have to go home or have someone take me home because all of it was like my emotions were this like were like waves pounding against like a floodgate and then you would have me drink and all my inhibitions would come down and I would just sob in public and so well I think the other thing too is you know one thing you have to ask yourself when it comes to like the drinking or if you're if your first you know thought is to run it into drinking or something destructive like one thing that I always kind of had to ask myself is, is this how you're going to deal with problems in your life? 
<laughs> like, like when you look at yourself in the mirror and like, be like, okay, this is my coping mechanism. Like, do you want this to be your coping mechanism? Cause I think most people wouldn't. And so at some point you need to kind of like accept that that's a destructive way to deal with problems in general. And also accept like, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, this is not how I'm going to deal with this. Because it's like, I don't want to be the person that does this. Yeah. Because at some point you need to like learn those habits of how to deal with hard things. And that's something that breakup breaks up breakups do in our lives is teach us how to deal with pain and loss and conflict. And Mm -hmm. we learn these, like these are the moments where we learn these lessons that teach us like that we carry into adulthood. It's not like at some point you go to class and they teach you how to deal with conflict. Like this is class. This is where it happens. Yep. Totally. And like, again, I mean, we both only have had to make mistakes through this. Um, you a little bit more than me because, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, I mean like, because I, I was in a Christian sorority and wasn't allowed to drink. So in college, um, you know, drinking Stephanie and I were in different sororities. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the Christian sorority. She was in like the cool sorority. (laughs) So I love that the girls are giving me heat. Like, I just, I feel like you should always be on. They just would get to know me so much better. I feel like getting to hear from me. That's so true. No, but it's true. And and I think the other thing that I think we, we tend to do in the aftermath of a breakup is we tend to run to someone else. Um, Mm. and we tend to get in rebound relationships or just like rebound hookups or something. I mean, really there, I feel like I want this to be a vulnerable space, so I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to okay. try to, I don't know, I hope this is... Hold on. Yeah, hold on. Um, hold on to your seat. <laughs> um, uh, oh my gosh. So um, so the night that my Lipstick Gospel boyfriend and I broke up, this didn't make it into the book, which maybe it should have, but it's not in there. Um, I called Michelle and... Um, and It was also I, like late, I thought. It was really late. Yeah, so it might have been like mid-breakup. So, so because there's, I talk about a day when you came over, to, like after it really was over. So this might have been kind of mid-breakup. But yeah. it was really late. I'm sure that there was drinking involved. I'm positive there was drinking involved. <laughs> and I called you and I asked you to take me to my high school ex-boyfriend's school. And yep. because my reaction was to run from this pain and run into the most recent other comforting arms I could find. And mm-hmm. I remember, I mean, we, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier. Like I was so upset that you kind of just like, you didn't know what else to do. Like I was so in well, control. Yeah. And I think the other thing was I was, I think you were really, really, really upset. And I knew that I wanted to be with you. Like I wanted to stay with you, but I, I think I also knew like the only way that we could have a conversation is if I just started driving. Yeah. You know, like, okay, well then we're going to go, but like, I'm going to spend the whole time talking to you about how bad of an idea this is. This is a really, really bad idea. And she said it the Um, whole way there, but I made her drop me off. And so that's where I spent that night. And, and I think that we tend to do that. We, we look for anyone else to like, we just look for all these places to hide our, our, our pain, um, to like bury our pain. And, and I think that that totally exacerbates the problem that makes mm-hmm. that makes you go from one heartbreak to two like now you have doubled your heartbreak because that relationship like my high school relationship did not work out for very like a great many reasons you know and mm-hmm. and it was that was so unhealthy and it just added to the mess in my heart and so um I completely agree with what you said like how are you going what kind of person do you want to be in handling conflict um and when you said the only way through it is time I think that when we do those things it doubles our time like it just yeah. like you're not healing, you're hiding. And so until you start feeling the things you're feeling, 
that's the only way through. That's the only way so you true. can get through. Um, so we had talked about yesterday also like, um, one thing that I really had to deal with where Stephanie dealt more with like kind of the destructive drinking or running into other dudes was like, my anger was all in feeling like they owed me something and that I couldn't get past it unless like either a, I could hurt them back or B they like realized how much they had wronged me. And like in the, you know, more than you in the last decade of me having relationships, um, romantic relationships, I have realized that like that honestly, in my opinion, doesn't happen. (laughs) And you need to get to a place where you need to be okay with the fact that you probably will never get an apology and they probably are fine and they don't have to be as sad as you are. And it's not your responsibility to make them as sad as you are because I mean, at some point, and this is actually one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned because it comes in so much more in any kind of relationship or life circumstance is like, you got to really surrender something sometimes and you need to accept that, you know, like for example, Stephanie and I, when we were talking about this yesterday, I was talking about how, you know, a few years after my high school boyfriend and I broke up at college and we were kind of running in the same like circles and seeing each other a lot, we somehow decided to have a conversation like three years later, like we went to go get coffee or something to kind of like talk it out. And I think part of me was like, okay, so when we talk, I'm going to go home and I'm going to feel like this enormous weight off my shoulders. And I'm just going to feel so much better. And you know, this whole like kind of ugliness that I feel about this whole situation will just go away. And the truth is the relate or sorry, the conversation was fine. Uh, but I didn't feel better afterwards. And I don't know, people could disagree with me and I don't know if you agree with me stuff, but I don't actually believe in closure 100%. Yeah. Like I think when you're in a breakup and you, and you, you're with a person that you care about a lot and then that relationship ends, sometimes you just kind of like got to leave. I don't know. You just got to kind of leave it be. And I think it's like, I think it's less like an open door that needs to be closed and, and more like something's been cut off in you. Like, and I think it's more of a healing process. Like yes. it's, and, and there's not, I completely agree. Like those conversations don't always happen. I remember I called my lipstick gospel boyfriend a while after we broke up and I had given it, I thought plenty long enough for him to be able to see one that he wanted me back. And two, <laughs> that, and two, that, um, that he like at least be able to acknowledge what we had and like mm-hmm. talk through it with me and apologize and stuff. And I called him thinking that's what was going to happen and in that conversation. He was not ready to have it was not in a good place and wounded me more in that conversation than he even had in the breakup. Um, yep. and, and I think that we just can't put our ability to heal or our t- like, we can't, prolong our healing process or hold off on starting to heal until someone else is in a healthy place where they can apologize to us. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes forever for them to get to a healthy place, or sometimes they're not a healthy person in the first place and they can't, they're not going to come to that place. Or Mm -hmm. it just, that's putting, there's a lot of variables in that. And I think that we can't, I think, I think I totally have felt that way. And I know you have too, where it's like, I mean, I'll be able to heal once this happens or I'll feel like this is closed and I'll be able to move on once this happens. And you taught that this is something you really learned. I know. And you taught me like closure needs to be something you decide on. Like, okay, I'm going to start healing now. And so I really, um, I really want to talk about kind of the thriving bit and, um, 
and, and the redemption that's come out of these things in our lives. But I just wanted to kind of list off some things that I know have been really helpful for both of us mm-hmm. in the wake of a breakup or a, a broken heart. Just when your heart is hurting, these are some things that I know have helped both of us. So, um, one is just like taking care of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. and Misha, I know you're really good at this and I know you, especially were in college, just knowing that you needed rhythms in your life. Like you mm-hmm. were really good about going to the gym and eating healthy. And, and I know that those things seem disconnected, but there's something about caring for yourself and taking care of your other needs. Um, it's like when someone, um, I don't know, this is a, maybe a terrible example, but like when someone has a baby, like you can't necessarily, like you can't do very much to take care of the baby, but you can make sure that their house is cleaned or that Mm -hmm. they have food delivered, or, you know, you can do all these, you can run errands for them when, when people or when people are sick, you can't heal them, but you can do all these other things for them. And so I think that taking care of our other needs is really important and showing ourselves love is really important too. Well, I think a lot of the things that you mentioned too, like working out or eating healthy, or like you think about your everyday life and the things that make you happy. Like I'm happy when I'm getting enough sleep. I'm happy when I'm exercising. I'm happy when I'm listening to music. I'm happy, you know, when I'm, when I'm around people that I love. Like, so when I think, you know, even if you're in a place of complete unhappiness and, you know, kind of making yourself get out of the house and making yourself get out of bed. And like, you know, I think the big thing for me, like you said, was like getting to the gym, Mm -hmm. like again, because my choice was either either to lay in bed and be sad and probably cry or like wipe my face, put on some sweats and like go to the gym. It always made me feel better. Always, always made me feel better. It's just taking care. Like it's just helping a part of it. You know, it's like, if you can't, exactly. Fix, you can pick, fix a small, tiny part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, something that was, um, other things that were really big for me are like journaling was really helpful. Like just getting all your feelings out. Um, and, um, when we talked about closure, something that was really helpful for me was writing letters to the person and not sending them mm. because there are a lot of like things that you want to say and feelings. And, and, and I think, sometimes we make the mistake of really sending those letters and they're just, if they're not received the way we hope they are going to be, or they make the situation worse or, you know, things like that. But I think getting your, your thoughts and your feelings out is really good. And also it's really beautiful to be able to look back. Um, I, I have very specific journals from these times in my life and I can look back and remember how much I was hurting and I can see how much God's done in my life since then. And that's really cool. Yep. Um, totally. Another thing, um, they're kind of, three more things I want to mention. We could talk about these forever, but, um, one was therapy. And I Mm. feel like, um, you, you started seeing a counselor in high school after that breakup, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and I remember that being so helpful for you. And I feel like seeing you do that gave me permission to seek the same thing because I, I really, and I think that we think that like, you should only go to therapy if something like, crazy tragic has happened in your life or, you know, I, I don't know. We, I think we have these like weird caveats for, or like weird requirements. You should only go to therapy if things are really bad, but I don't know about you, but breakups feel really bad. And so I think I can't think of a better time to, to have someone help you through what you're going through. Well, I think, I mean, therapy, I think everyone should go to therapy, whether <laughs> you, I mean, I just think, I think that therapy, I would hope that the caveat behind like therapy would just kind of disappear because I think it's helpful for absolutely everyone, Mm -hmm. whether you have a really, really, really big 
issue like drug addiction or, or whatever, even just to normal everyday life. I think therapy is really helpful. Um, I benefited greatly from therapy and probably should mention that at this time I was going through a breakup, but I also had a lot of other like stuff going on. Like I was depressed and, um, was struggling with anxiety and, um, on top of a breakup, that was really hard. And so I ended up going to therapy for about a year. And a lot of the stuff that I learned in therapy, I still apply today. Like, like the, is this how you want to deal with stuff thing? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember my, my therapist looking at me and being like, is this, do you want to be known as the person that goes and, you know, does this destructive behavior or do you want to be the person that like did it in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a question that was in my head. And she also helped me a lot with the whole, like realizing, you know, the, my desire for, you know, some sort of punishment, mm -hmm. uh, to the people that had wronged me. Totally. Um, she really, really helped me with that. And that was a much bigger issue that I had going on even before the breakup was just feeling like if you wrong me, I'm going to hit you back twice as hard. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people feel that way, but I completely agree. Yeah. Like therapy and the beauty of this, and, and this is kind of what I want to talk about next is, is the beauty of therapy and, and doing certain, these certain things in the midst of a breakup is that they are not only healing, helping heal you from where you've been, but actually are setting you up to be a far healthier person like mm -hmm. down the road. And so, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that, that breakups has, have done for me is that they bring up all of your junk. Like they just yep. like yard sale your crap. And Amen. They, force you to deal, they really, they force you to deal with everything. And, and I think when we can do that in really healthy ways and really like make good choices in the midst of it, it makes us healthier people than we even were before the relationship started. Mm -hmm. And that's a really cool thing. Um, yep. the True. last couple of things I wanted to mention on just like getting through it and things that really help are, um, one girlfriends, I mean, Michelle and I have told you that we, I mean, I was holding her hand in the midst of a breakup and she was picking, just picking me up off the floor. Um, there's so many breakups and, and I think that we had this tendency to want to pretend like things aren't hurting us or like downplay, um, like pretend, yeah, pretend like we're fine. But I just don't think that does us any favors when we invite our girlfriends into our pain, it allows us to, to have, to not be alone in it and to learn from mm -hmm. what they've learned. Like I was able to give you that advice about breakups because I had walked through my own and yep. that was helpful to you, but you had been able to give me advice during that breakup because you had walked through your own. And so we yep. get to just like hand advice back and forth. Um, and like when we invest in our friendships, even when it's after a breakup and even in a time where it's like, I really need you, that's that. In, intimacy happens in friendships in those times. Yep. And so our, our friendship is stronger because of the hard times we've walked each other through. And so mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with girlfriends is huge. And then the last one that I feel like is last, but absolutely not least is diving into our relationship with the Lord that like, this is, I think maybe sometimes we feel like we offend God by coming to him more when we're really broken. Oh. Like, like, I don't, you know, like, well, I haven't talked to you in a while, but now I'm really yeah. broken. So now I need you. But you know what? I do not think God cares a single bit. Like he is so happy to talk to you and, and loves you and knows exactly what you're going through and wants to be close to you. And like he, this is the perfect, perfect time to get mm -hmm. closer to him and to really like connect with him. And, um, and, and yeah. when we do those things, when we work through our junk and when we invest in our girlfriends and when we invest in our relationship with God, and when we really care for ourselves and our bodies and our lives, um, 
that sets us up not only to get through this breakup well, but it, it makes us better for the rest of life. And I know that you and I are totally better in our lives because of the way that we let breakups work in us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, um, so I was telling Stephanie this story yesterday. So Stephanie and I were involved in this college ministry called the Annex, uh, which I don't know. Do you call it the Annex in the book? Uh, yeah. I think I do. If you guys okay. live in Boulder, Colorado, and you are in college, go to the Annex. Um, our yeah. best friend is currently the assistant director there. She's amazing. We love the people there. You guys, it's an awesome college ministry. We get involved at the Annex. Yeah. Both me and Stephanie, like, basically met Jesus through this college ministry, um, which we absolutely loved. And a lot of our friends, even today, come from that ministry. And um, But anyway, so every year, um, I uh, so every year they had a Christmas talent show Mm -hmm. um, where like you could sign up and like, I think they had auditions too. So it was like super legit, Uh, but you had put it on one year and I had to be the one auditioning people. (laughs) So you had like acapella groups and like drum circles and like soloists (laughs) and dancers and like all the stuff. So it was like the big last annex before Christmas break. And um, like I said, my, my high school ex-boyfriend and his, his new girlfriend attended the annex and they were, they, uh, were singers. Like they, they sing together. So, um, every year, I think freshman, freshman, sophomore, junior and senior year, they performed a Christmas on 16th street together. Um, they would sing something. Um, and it was always like, you know, I'd really love to go. And like, I also said, I was single, in college for the most part, like very single. Um, and I think that that was always like really hard for me. Um, like the comparison thing and also loving the annex, but also being like, I'm sitting in this giant room with a whole bunch of people and I have to see my ex and his new girlfriend singing a song. And it was always like, I hated it. Um, it was just kind of an annoying thing. And I think it was like my junior year. Um, they were singing, it was Christmas on 16th street, which was the name of the talent show. And they were singing in, and I think I just kind of hit a wall. Like, I think I kind of was like in my head, like threw my fist down and were, it was like, that's it. You know, <laughs> I was like, how many years do I have to see this? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I got like really upset in my head and I'm like sitting there and I'm just getting like more and more angry. And in my head, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. Like, I don't need to be here. I can just leave. Um, but I was like, you know what, Michelle, like, just pray, just like pray. Um, and so I just, I started praying to God and I started asking for, um, for this feeling of anger to evaporate. And, um, and after like a minute or so of prayer, it, it just, it was like, it just lifted. Like I, I felt the Holy spirit in a really strong way, just it lifted and I was comfortable Um, and I remembered, it's like one of the very few times that I, I think that God spoke to me. Um, I remember him saying something like, what makes you think that I won't do something in your life that makes all of this worth it? And I was really fortunate because I feel like I took that with me for, you know, I didn't meet my husband for another eight years or something. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, but I just, I had this like hope. And the important thing to note is he did not mention, I will bring you a man that will make this worth it. Like he did not, the words was, I mean, I definitely hoped that's what it meant, but I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, well, God's going to bring me like a a superhero because (laughs) all the pain that I've, you know, gone through or whatever. But I definitely like had this hope that, that 
all of this was was not un, you know completely unnecessary yeah. and that I had this hope that if I kind of just kept that God doesn't do anything without a reason and um and that pain not even just with them but like I took that message with me for years and like the whole time that I I really struggled with singleness a lot um, because becoming from a Christian sorority, a lot of my friends like got married right out of college Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, going to a lot of weddings and being single and just kind of wondering like, what about me? You know? Um, but I just like always remembered like knowing that like God told me that he had something big for me. Like God told me that, that this was because I think at that point it seemed so unnecessary. Like I was like, God, like three years in a row of like, just seeing yeah. these people that I would just ended loved. in high school. Like, yeah, yes. I was like, what, like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> um, well, so, okay. But, so here's my question. And I, and, um, I'll totally let you brag in Alan in a second. Okay. So Alan aside, um, so like you heard God, like God said that to you, like he comforted you without saying, listen, like I'm going to redeem this. And I feel like some of the girls listening may be like, well, God didn't tell me that, that he would do that for me. But you know what? He did. Like that is all over scripture that God brings dead things to life, that he brings beauty out of ashes. Like he is a God that redeems broken things and makes them better than they were before. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that is a promise, not just for Michelle. Like he just reminded her of a promise that he's given all of us in that moment. And so that's true for you too. Like there is not a single way in the whole world that this is going to be broken for her. There's not a sing- This is not too broken for God to redeem or repair or heal. Um, and the, who our God is, is that he makes things like better than they were before. So he won't just heal this. He will make this better than it was. And so Alan aside, Mish, um, I would love just for us to talk really quick about how, have, how has God done that in your life? Alan aside, and then we can talk about him in a second. Like, how has he redeemed this in your life? These, these breakups? Well, I mean, again, I think all, I think all despair is an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves and to learn how to get through it. Um, I am in a super happy place in my life. I'm, I'm incredibly content at this moment, but because of the things I've gone through, I know that, that I'll, I will have hope when more despair comes And it also gave me, and you and I have talked about this, but like being single was really hard, especially, you know, you get broken up with, and then on top of that, you struggle with singleness, right? Which is like a whole other thing. And, but we both got to do some really beautiful things in our singleness. Like we, like, you know, I've always said, if you meet the love of your life at, you know, 20, that or whatever, that's great. That's a huge blessing. You met your best friend so early, you're going to get married and you're going to have the best time. You're going to adventure together. And that's your story. Our story was that we didn't meet our husbands till a little later in our twenties. And me and Stephanie, uh, got to do some awesome things. Like I lived abroad for a year and we, you know, I lived, I lived in Costa Rica. I lived in Spain. Um, I lived alone when I was living in the United States. Um, I got to dive into my girl friendships. Like I've always said, I'm a girl's girl. Like I love my husband, but I like, just like my girlfriends are it for me. Like I, and I feel like because I was single, like I was able to really invest in my friendships. And now that I'm not single, I'm realizing that it is much harder when you to like 
really dive in and be 100% present when you kind of have, you're sharing your life with another person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I look back at it, like, I think the timing for both of us was so perfect. And I wish that I could go back and tell myself to just like chill that everything would happen in its own time. And, but I think at the same time, one thing that was a huge blessing about the hope that you and I had Steph was, yeah, we knew we were single, but we also saw blessings in the singleness. Like we were like, okay, well I can go where I can go on the world race. I can go to Spain. I won't be missing anyone. Like I can be 100% present in every moment of any adventure that I pick because it's just me. And so when I look back at like the breakups and stuff, like for example, how much my college boyfriend hurt. Cause I think when you have a college boyfriend, you like think you're going to marry them. Cause like you could potentially totally um, 12 when you met. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You're not like, yeah, you're not in eighth grade. Yeah. You're like actually could maybe marry them. Yeah. Um, I'm like happy that that didn't happen. I'm happy that when I entered the world as a, as a post-grad that I had this incredible freedom. And for me, that was a huge blessing. It, it doesn't have to be a blessing for everyone, but it was a huge blessing for me. I agree. And I think that, um, through, through being single in our twenties, like, I mean, yeah, you and I had the best adventures together. Like we had the best friend time. Like you and I both have such strong, wonderful female friendships and you're right. Like we had more time to invest in those and those friendships have carried into our marriages and we had time to figure out who we, who we are and what we believe. We had time to, to like root ourselves in our faith in God which I I always say this, but like godly marriages don't start once you get married. Godly marriages are when two godly people get married. Like, Mm -hmm. like our, our whole future, like we were able to figure out what we're passionate about. We were able to take steps forward in our careers. We were able to yeah pick up and travel like whenever, um, we were able to live alone. We were able to adventure in our city. We were able to like, yeah, just figure out who we are. We were able to work through a lot of our junk in our life. Um, and all of those things I can see, the fruit of all of the, all the women we were able to become in our twenties, as we were single, I can see Mm -hmm. the fruit of, and and all the hard work we did post breakups, because again, it like brings all your stuff out. So you, if if you kind of deal with it, I can see the fruit of, of those decisions and and how we lived that way in our marriages times a thousand. Like Mm. I absolutely can. And, and I know for me, like I wouldn't take back one of those breakups at all. And if, and if you were to have told me in those moments, like, you'll be happy this happened one day, I would have maybe punched you. But, but really like, I don't know if I ever would have become, I mean, he probably would have gotten a hold of me somehow, but I wouldn't have become a Christian when I did without that breakup. I met Jesus yeah. through that breakup. And I know that your breakups totally led you to Jesus also. Like yeah. I'm way closer in my relationship with God, because again, a broken heart brings you to your knees fast. And God's like, that's okay. Like, I'm not mad. <laughs> like, I got you, okay. girl. That's great. Um, I'm much more confident in my skin because breakups make you so insecure and you have to like put that back together, you know, and, and I'm put back together so much like more whole and confident than I could have been otherwise. Um, yeah, I worked through so much of my junk and my past and my insecurities and just everything. Um, I learned so much about relationships and all of those things. Um, all those things came from, from these breakups. I mean, like I got to write the lipstick gospel because I went through that breakup. Like that was a story I earned the hard way. But I'm so glad that I was able to to live through that and see and see God's faithfulness and his redemption in that because now I can turn around and say, hey guys, like you're gonna survive this, you're gonna be okay. God is so good and he has a plan for your life that is so much bigger than you can even imagine. And none yeah. of those things would have happened without so those true. breakups. Yeah. Um so the other thing is 
Um, I think that when we're going through a breakup, we worry that we have just lost the best person we'll ever find. And I know that I worried that at every turn, that every time I was like, this is my person and I lost them and I'll never be happy again and I'll never find someone new. Um, and I actually, I was on the world race and I had, I was kind of going through a bit of a breakup, um, on the world race. And I really thought, I thought I had met my person. I thought it was the best person I'd ever find. And I thought that like, I lost them and that's a whole new level of despair. Well, so I'm sitting on this rooftop in Malaysia and, um, I'm talking to my friend, Christian, who's just super wise. I'm going to have to tell him to listen to this. Well, I'm gonna have to tell his mom because this was through his mom. So Christian <laughs> tells me, he goes, Steph, he, he was like, my mom always tells me this you're going to marry the coolest person you've ever met. The person you marry will be the coolest person you've ever met. And I was like, how do you know? And he was like, Steph, are you really going to marry someone who's like, you know, less than someone else? Like in the past, it just doesn't work that way. Like all of the people that I met along the way were really good people. I I had some crappy boyfriends, but I also had some really good ones, but they weren't right for me in a whole lot of ways. And I wasn't able to see that in the moment, like in the midst of it, But looking back, I can totally see why they weren't right for me and why they weren't the best fit for me. They did teach me so much about what I wanted in a relationship. And and each person, I'm like, that taught me so much about, I learned this about myself through that relationship. I learned this about God through that relationship. Um, I grew in this way through that relationship. Or this showed me what what I was really looking for long term. Um, Each person kind of had a little piece of it. Um, But I mean, Christian was absolutely right. His mom was absolutely right. That like, when God does not give crappy gifts. God is not like, I'm going to take this great guy away in order to give you someone who stinks. Like our God does not work that way. Um, and I know like for me, and I can't wait to hear from you. Like I know for me, Carl is absolutely hands down the coolest person I've ever met. He is t- all of those boyfriends mixed together times a bazillion. I'm, I'm not missing anything by not being with those other people. And so the breakups were so hard, but they taught me so much. And really they, the process of, of going through them and trying to really go through them healthfully in the process of living my single life to the full, that whole thing. I mean, God just brought like, by the time God and I had walked through all of that together, by the time I bumped into Carl Wilson, I was so ready. And I was totally like, the person I wanted to be when I met him, mm-hmm. our relationship is so much healthier and better and more fun because of all the things we've both learned along the way. Mm-hmm. And really, like, I absolutely am married to the coolest guy I've ever met. I'm not Dude, you never story. told me. Okay, first of all, I wish you told me that little tidbit about marrying the coolest person you've ever met. Like, uh, this is the first time I've ever heard you say that. <laughs> so <laughs> why do you say that like years ago? <laughs> I should have told you that earlier. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely true. But like, if I knew I was like going to marry the coolest person I ever met back then, I would have been like, sweet. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and I know that I agree. That's so true for you. Like, yeah, it's funny because, um, I referred to my college boyfriend. Um, and again, I had, we talked about, we've talked about our big breakups. I've had a number of boyfriends. Um, but my college boyfriend, that was, like I said, really hard. It took me like a year to get over it. And then even after, like I was kind of over it. I always referred to him as the one that got away and like <laughs> the Katy Perry song, like the one that got away. I was like, Oh, that's him. Like, totally. Oh, I'm going to grow up and I'm just going to be old. If anyone's seen the Katy Perry music video for the one that got away, she, she gets really old and is thinking about this like romance that she had when she was like in her twenties or something. And I was like, that's going to be me. Like, this is going to be the guy that got away. And like, I'm going to marry someone else who's like, not as cool. And then I'll just be thinking about my college boyfriend for the rest of my life. I totally thought, yeah, I totally thought the same thing. 
Yeah. And so, um, and it's funny too, because like right before my husband and I started actually being like more than friends, cause my husband and I ended up, we were friends for a few years before we started dating, but I actually like, again, it got together with my college boyfriend. Um, cause we ran into each other, like after not seeing each other for four years and we got, we got like a beer or something. And it was after like three years of being like the one that he was the one that got away. I kind of was like, okay, he's not, he's a normal person. Mm-hmm. He's not for me. This yep. didn't work out for a reason. Yep. This sucks. Um, but then I met Alan, but then I started dating Alan like a month later. So the timing was great because by the time I was like entering a relationship with Alan, this other guy was no longer like the The one that got, or the romanticized version of like whatever I thought. Totally. Um, no, but it's like, it's so true. Like, um, I, I literally am married to the best man I've ever met. Like when I first met Alan, like (laughs) this is no joke. So I met Alan in Spain. But, you know, when you're when you meet an American in Spain, you're like, I don't know what your trajectory is. Like, are you going back to the United States? Are you staying in Europe forever? Like, I think when I met Alan, I my initial thought was I'm my initial thought was not I'm going to date this man mm-hmm. like or I'm going to marry this man. I more just was like, this guy is so nice. Like and he's he just like treats everyone so well. Like he he impressed me so much just by how he treated me and how he treated other people. And I literally went home and I have this today. Like I have it. I journaled and I was like, thank you Lord for showing me that men like this exist. And the woman that marries this man will be the luckiest woman in the world. And it happened to be you. I know, which is so weird. And I actually mean, like I legit did not think it was going to be me. Like I more was like, then he'll go on with his life. And then I'll go back to like, my world. And like, you know, I thought we were like passing ships in the night. Like, you know, when you're traveling in Europe, you like meet random people and you just like, think you'll never see them again. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's so true. Like, why would you marry someone that you didn't think was the coolest person? Yeah. Like it totally, (laughs) it's yes. Yes. There's so much hope. And I, and I think that that's, um, just what I hope that girls can walk away with right now. Like one, it is so okay that you're hurting. Breakups are brutal and they just are, and they take time and, and they, they do, they just take time. Um, but when we can make some intentional decisions to, to choose positive things, to surround ourselves with good people, to dig through the junk that's like being pulled up by this breakout breakup. Um, and, and even to like really live our single lives as fully as possible. Like it just sets us up so well for a really, really good life. We have, there's so much hope there and um, so much goodness ahead. And, and really like God is so good. And he just, he loves us to pieces. And, and that promise that you heard that day is so true for all of us. Like it just is, he has such good things for us. And so Mish, I have a last three questions for you that I want to um, ask you just right at the end. If you could go back and tell yourself something in the midst of your breakups, in the midst of your broken heart, um, what would you go back and tell her? I think I would tell her that, um, she's a lot more freedom than she knows. If that makes sense. Like when I think of freedom, I think like, I think when you're broken up with, you feel so powerless and you feel like so helpless and that you don't have any control. And part of me wishes that I could go back and be like, you're going to do some great, powerful, amazing things. And they're going to come from you and from God. Like you're going to travel, you're going to fall in love. You're going to, you're going to be hurt again. (laughs) So just hold on tight, you know, like, but it's going to be good and you're going to love it. And that's like what I would say. And the other thing is like, life is just so beautiful. 
like the possibilities are endless. Um, and I wish I could tell her, cause I think the other thing is it's like when you're heartbroken, your vision is so narrow mm-hmm. and like, you can't really see past what's going on. And, yeah. and I think to have someone come in that situation and remind you like, okay, there's life is going to go on and it's going to be beautiful. And right now, all you can see is this thing right in front of you, but there's so much more out there. That's what I, I think I would say. love that. Oh, okay. Okay. I feel like we have to end on that note. So the last few questions I want to ask you, um, is, uh, what's something that I, I would love to know what God's teaching you right now. Um, so right now God is teaching me a lot about finding him in contentment. Um, you know, I think, so it's interesting. I'm incredibly blessed at this moment because I want for nothing. Um, I feel I feel very fulfilled in many areas of my life. Um, I love my husband and I, he's my best friend. I have great other relationships. I have food every meal. You know, I, I want for nothing. Like I can't, I, I get to do things that I love. Um, I get to pursue the things that are important to me. And at this moment I am totally content. Mm-hmm. And I think that is good, but it's also really hard because honestly, the closest I've ever felt to God is in despair. Like the closest I've ever felt to God is when things are not going well. Like the first thing, whenever anything goes bad, I've learned in my life, like the first thing I do is run to God. And I think what God is teaching me is to, to need him and thirst for him in an area of, in a time in my life when I feel so comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think also trusting that he's not just going to take it all away because like, I think sometimes like when you're really, really content or happy in life, like you have this idea in your head that like God's going to teach you a lesson by taking it all away. And sometimes, you know, sometimes that does happen. Like I I do think that sometimes God takes things away from us so that we can see him more clearly. And instead of living in fear of that happening, like I'm just trying to, to pursue him and follow him as best I can as a person that is not you know, really lacking in any area. And I'm very blessed in, in, in this particular period of my life. It hasn't always been, but just in, as Michelle today, like I'm very content and that's a huge blessing, but it's just harder to kind of see God when you're really, really when everything's going great. It's so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And you're totally right. Like he's not vindictive. Like, and I think I see him that way sometimes too, where I'm like, crap, like this thing's going really well, or I really like this thing. God's going to steal it. Like, he's not like that. Like he does teach us, but also like, he's just a good dad, you know, mm-hmm. he's just a good dad and, and we can trust that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I completely agree. And in, in times when you're like just doing well, it's so easy to be like, okay, thanks God. Like, I'm just going to go play with my friends. You know, it's like just yeah. hard to, um, yeah, that's, I, I love that. Okay. So, yeah. um, what's something, this is going to be funny. I'm really excited for what this is going to be. Mm. Uh, okay. The second question is what's something kind of random in your life right now that's bringing you joy? Um, my cat. I knew you were going to say your cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your cat. So I, yeah, it's so predictable. Because if you follow me on Instagram, it's like three quarters all of her photos. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So, um, and I feel like whenever you're over, Stephanie, I'm always like, can you please take a second and realize how cute my cat is? She like, no one's talking about my cat enough. She always does. And I'm kind of allergic to cats. It's not that I hate cats. It's that they make me itchy. And so, therefore, I don't love them. So, it's it is it's intentional love for me to be like, listen, I love your cat because I love you. And so. Well, well if I can just brag about my cat for a second. Uh, my cat is named Oliver. 
He's a dude. He's he's not a Maine Coon, but he's like a he's like a step down from a Maine Coon. A Maine Coon is like the biggest cat breed there is. Like he's he's a pretty big cat and he's a long haired cat, but he has no tail. He was born without a tail. So if you've ever seen a long haired cat with no tail, like they're literally, especially their backside is just a ball of fluff. Like it's just, he's just like a ball of fluff. And my husband and I call him the floof. We was like, where's the floof? Oh we just, and then we, so he's just, he, he's just crazy. He's still like young enough to get the zoomies, which my husband and I prefer to as like a cat going like bat s crazy and just like running all over the house and like running into things and and then he he cuddles us at night so if you want if you want to know what my cat looks like you can follow me on instagram oh my gosh <laughs> half of the listeners are like totally rolling their eyes right now and the, the other half are like i love him i can't wait to be all of his friends <laughs> okay. no, always like dogs 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 and i'm like you know what dogs are cool but like my cat my cat's like Everything. the king so um, okay so the last question is um who's a woman that's inspiring you right now um so I don't know I've been really like on this kind of like I don't want to say like feminist kick but like so my biggest passion besides like Jesus is is music and I like me and my husband collect vinyls we have like 600 vinyl Um, we go to shows, we like, we're going, we're traveling to Texas for a music festival in October and we just like love following music. And I've noticed like over the years that there's like not a whole, when it comes to like singer songwriters or women fronted bands or anything, or women singer songwriters in in any genre, it's just, it's lacking. And I like, wish I was talented enough to like contribute, but I'm definitely just an appreciator not a creator. So when I think of like really BA women that inspire me, I think of people who are in the music industry that are totally like just kicking butt when it comes to being a woman and like being their own creator, like writing their own songs. And like, so for example, like, um, to just name a few, um, I'm really into for years, I've been into Janelle Monet who, um, she's an actress too. She was in hidden figures and moonlight, but she's from Kansas city. She's a singer songwriter and, um, she's R and B and she has like Prince guest stars on her album and Solange guest stars on her album. And she's like all about being like a strong woman. And it's, and she's like in charge. Like when you read anything, you know, about like on her, uh, album, you know, liners or whatever, like she writes every song, she produces everything. And like, it's just so powerful and so fun. And she, she's just great. Um, and then I also really love Casey Musgraves a lot. Like I love country women that write their own music and Casey Musgraves, like not only does she write her music, but it's just like, it just gets you. It's just like, I don't know. Like I just, I love her. And then another person that I really love that I would like suggest people checking out is Courtney Barnett. She's, um, Australian, but she is much more kind of like a, she's a singer songwriter and she likes, she plays and sings. But when I listen to her, um, music, it's so much more like poetry to me. Like she's talking about these mundane things, but she can see so much more of what's going on than meets the eye. And she's just like so quirky and so fun. So I think obviously if you ask me that question, I'm always going to say music or it's going to, it's going to, it's going to go into a music direction, but really any woman that like, is just like killing it and like representing. 
for women everywhere that like, you can like be your own person and you can like, you can create and you can be in charge and you can be the boss. I just like that. I love that. Okay. Well, Michelle, I really honestly can't believe I didn't cry in this conversation because it really, one, you know, I'm such a crybaby. I'm such a crybaby, but, um, well, I'm such a crier. I'm not a baby. Um, but really it, it means so much to me, um, to get to share you with my girls. I'm so honored to get to introduce them to you and you to them. Um, you are, I mean, you know this, but you are huge in my life. You have made such a difference in my life and you are my person who is not my husband. Um, and that's made things more complicated. You know, you have to be like, you're my best friend. That's a girl. And really like you are my person. And, um, I've learned everything I've learned about life and God and myself. I've learned either from you or alongside you. And so um, thank you for being here. Okay, you guys, isn't Michelle amazing? I am so glad you got to meet her. She's just one of my favorite people in the entire, entire world. So one thing I wanted to tell you really quickly is I know we talked about lots of fun things today on the show. Um, and if you want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com. And for every episode, we'll have a blog post with the show notes. All of the links will be there for everything we talked about. So you can check that out. Okay, you guys, I'm so excited to tell you about our guest for the next episode. So I figured I couldn't very well have one of my very best friends without having the other one of my very best friends. So next week, our guest for the podcast is Kelsey. And yes, this is Lipstick Gospel Kelsey. She was there in Spain with us too. Kelsey is just amazing. She's my go-to person for advice about mm, pretty much every area of my life, especially my relationship with God. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this next episode. One of the questions I get more than any other from my sweet readers and listeners is, how do I get closer to God? How do I get to know him better? And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about how to have a quiet time, what that even means, how to journal and pray and read your Bible. You're going to just love our conversation. Also, yay for best friends, right? The women you've been getting to hear from this season, and especially in the last few weeks, are totally my people. They're my inner circle. They're the women who make me who I am, who walk through this life with me, every bit of it. And I love getting to share them with you. So stay tuned for next week. Kelsey is the best. Before you go, I would love it if you would do just two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of bookmarking the podcast. You don't have to go looking for it again. You don't have to find it. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would just take a second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we have new friends join us for Girls' Night. So would you do me a huge favor and just take a second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would really, really help us get started. So many of you have left such sweet reviews already, and I just wanted to take a second to read you one of my favorites. Her iTunes username is Jackals, and she says, I can't explain how amazing this is. After reading the Lipstick Gospel, I truly felt like Stephanie is my best friend. She just didn't know it yet. This podcast truly feels like I'm sitting at her house eating pizza under a cozy blanket talking to my best friends. Thank you, Stephanie, for everything you've done for me. So I uh, pretty much cried when I read that. Thank you so much for your words, friend. And thank you to all of you who have taken the time to leave a rating and a review. They really mean so much to me. Really, they've been so good for my heart. This podcast is such a new thing for us, and I've been loving it so much. But your comments and and your feedback and um, all the things you've been sending me on Instagram, they just are like pushing me along. They've been so, so encouraging. And they've really helped get the podcast started. It's been so fun how many people have listened to it already. So thanks guys so much for taking the time to do that. It just is so special to me. Friends, thanks so much for joining us for Girls Night and I'll see you next week.